what's up guys welcome to episode 117 of Geekscape I'm Jonathan London your host for the next hour of movies video games and comic book talk we like to cover the latest news and reviews and if you're not into movies video games and comics there's not a whole lot I can do for you but every week I try and find someone who's interesting who's like a, an expert in the geek arena and you guys are no strangers to this man Logan Crow Hello Mondo Celluloid He uh, he pretty much does a, a great service to Los Angeles In the uh, LA area What he does is he, he compiles like like On Mondo Celluloid A list of all like the cult Non-Hollywood screenings So the revivals, the, the marathons The the um, that kind of The midnight movies right. and, and you put them on Mondo Celluloid So if you go to like movietickets.com or Fandango And you're looking for something to watch and you're, all you're getting is Hollywood stuff, and you're worn out of it. Right, 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 right. Go to Mondo Celluloid, and you'll be like, "Calendar, it's Holy right shit, in there." There's a Miyazaki festival. Right. Now, I thought that was cool, you know. Um, and now, because you are such an expert in the arena of cult cinema, midnight cinema, would you say you're an expert? Yeah. Well, I try to be. I mean, yeah. Beyond, yeah. Okay. Uh, we were talking about the New Beverly earlier. I mean, that was like a home away from home for a while. So yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and when I'm home, I always make sure to go to. Uh, the Alma Draft House that does yeah. a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, they balance Hollywood and they also balance cult cinema. Right. But um, but whether you go for any type of movie, that's a, that's to me the perfect cinema going experience. Um, you're an expert. Last time we saw you, you had a beautiful Le- Leslie. Leslie, Andrews yeah. On the show. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and we went to see that film. Before that, you were promoting. And she's been all over. I don't know if you've seen her, but she was in the commercial. We were watching TV the other really? day, and there she was. She was on. I was uh, going to ask you how is she's Leslie on Dollhouse really? uh, as a cheerleader. I think Hong and Eric saw her on and called me up. Hey, Leslie was just on who Dollhouse, and who knew that? Yeah, she was on um, some other a couple of commercials actually. So you just kind of I'm seeing her face peppered around all the time. Now. Well, so I see her on Facebook, but she doesn't really talk about her work. No. you know what I mean. And I'm like, wow, a modest actress. Yeah, she's actually just a really about? chill gal. Yeah, Super she doesn't sweet. seem to be too yeah too um, modest. It's good to know that she's doing some shit. Yeah, that she's that she's working. And a sequel is in the works, I think. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah, actually, a sequel to Sick Girl. I, I think a trilogy is in the works, but certainly yeah. a sequel is in the works. Remember, right. she came on. We were down in the in the uh, flea market. <laughs> Drive it. <laughs> And it was out of control. A lot of you guys remember that episode as being enjoyable out of, you know, just what a cluster. Yeah, it was, it awesome. was a lot of fun. A lot of wrench music um, in the background. I went to see that Sick Girl movie. What the fuck is all I got to say about that movie? It was pretty warped. Yeah. Uh, in a sequel, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. No, Sick Girl Goes to Town, I think, is what, uh, is what it's being called. I, I mean, Why not bring it's... her to the country? Exactly. Exactly. More new adventures and... She's got dreams. She's got plans. And so you're you're still putting on screenings that we can yeah. find in Mono Celluloid. My oh. own screenings, yeah. We do okay. them weekly uh, in Long Beach. Actually, we moved from the Vista and Silver okay. Lake to the Art Theater in Long Beach, and uh, started there monthly. Moved to bi-monthly, and now we're doing them actually every Friday at midnight. What? Yeah. So. So it's been rad. It's been. Fun. Are they just giving you the run of the theater? Technically, kind of, yeah. Well, no, I mean, what it is is like actually, I got. You your own movie I, theater? They're like, why not? I, actually, I got, well, I just got hired on two weeks ago to be their general manager as well. Wow. So now, yeah, so so now I'm, you're running a movie theater. I'm running my own, yeah. Worst three. idea ever. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. It's, it's been gotta, great. It's got to be great. It's great. It's, it's awesome. Well, you know, and it's a movie theater. It's a 380 seat single screen movie theater, but it's also a venue. It's got a, st- a really great stage. It's all Art Deco, brand new, re- redone theater, you new really seats. I really am. So you know, part of my job isn't just to, to line up film festivals and stuff, but also bands, uh, bookers, and to bring in music, plays, you know, pretty much anything that will bring a crowd. And uh, so I've been working really hard to get some music in there. Um, but a couple insane. of events coming up, and then 
and then I still do the midnight series there every Friday at midnight. So, so what they got going on at the Art of Long Beach yeah. is they play Hollywood movies there sometimes. No, uh, they they experimented with it. I think we're going to stay away from it. We it opened with the intent to do independent and foreign mm -hmm. films. Uh, they they've done a couple of runs of mainstream. They did Benjamin Button, which worked right. out well for them, and they did Watchmen, which didn't work out too well for them, um, because I think that people were really starting to associate the theater with like more of a foreign, independent sort of uh, you know uh, place, and they just weren't thinking Watchmen for the art, which made sense. Right. So I think we're going to stick more towards you know, uh, independent documentaries, things like that. Um, you know, maybe the occasional studio film that is of a period independent bent right. to that. And then for the Midnight series, obviously, more of the cultish repertory stuff. And then maybe uh, a couple film festivals and then maybe do some classics like on afternoons. We're, we're kind of experimenting with what we might do. So, so we're open to ideas and, and we've been listening to our audiences. They've been growing. We're getting the, some of the same people back and they've all got ideas. So That's great to have yeah. like, a, like a little culture around yeah you. doesn't that for feel sure good? we've got our geekscape audience they've all they've never done me wrong vj has been here since the start uh why don't you wave everybody vj you, you're not too th enthusiastic to be here from what i can tell <laughs> you like being here Get, the reason uh vj is here you guys don't know this but vj has a life and uh and gilmore actually has his girlfriend in town so i talked to gilmore i said Look, we're taping with logan crow this weekend and he said listen perfect opportunity to have vj on I'll be over here with the with the lady. Gilmore Gilmore is gone, but VJ, the ladies, hmm? the ladies. What's the story? Um, not in this town, so. Not in this town. But perhaps all over the country and the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't say there's a girl. He said he, he spoke in plurals. He, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely spoke in plurals. Mm -hmm. So you guys understand that Gilmore shoots the show and he's got one woman. BJ does not shoot the show often. He has, quote unquote, all over the country <laughs> and the world. So uh, lock your doors if you're a father, and uh, and be careful if you're a brother to a lovely lady, because uh, BJ is on the outside internet. of Los Angeles. BJ can definitely transport himself through the internet to your hometown <laughs> and just start going wild. Isn't that right, BJ? That's true. That is true. Um, Back to the art. Yes. Um, what do you got coming up? What, what are some of the things that the Geekscape audience would want to check out? Okay, well, definitely. The, ne maybe the, the next. Maybe the Friday series. Yeah, the that next two good. Fridays are, are our big ones. And actually, th those are the two that I've, I've, we've lined up since January. Um, yeah. Next, this Friday, is uh, The Toxic Avenger, which is uh, Troma's 35 millimeter print. And Lloyd Kaufman, uh, the director and founder, president of Troma, is actually coming out from New York and will be there to do an intro and a Q&A. Um, he's going to try to bring some of the Tromets with him, some Ooh. Troma merch, so it should be a blast. And it's a 35-millimeter print, so yeah. we're doing Toxic Avenger there. And then May 1st, we're doing, um, we're pairing up Black Devil Doll, which um, a, a year ago, almost yeah. to the date, we played the trailer before Faster Pussycat. That Got a lot of buzz going. was insanity. Yeah. And I just remember two of our Geekscape girls um, sitting there, you know, they, they 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 saw you on Geekscape. They want to come out and see right. Pussy Cat. They came with their stepdad. Oh uh, Jesus! And, and they and they, they they just came to be part of the right. part of the Geekscape Mondo Hollywood experience. They yeah. Saw this trailer about a puppet, a black <laughs> puppet, raping and killing women. Uh, you know, it was, it was insane. And Haji, Haji, the actress from Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill, was there. She's this very glamorous, you know, woman and. 
and she's there, and and the whole time I just kept thinking, oh my god, Haji's in the back, and she's gonna and her friend. She's gonna leave. And she she didn't leave. Thank God. But she you know she had a couple of cute words after. She's like, wow, that trailer was was really something. I'm like, yeah. So that was just right. the trailer. The guy ended up finishing the movie. I saw it last night, and it's it, yeah, the, it, it premiered at the New Beverly last night. And I'll, I'll finish about the, sh the show on the first. We're actually pairing the movie with a live set by Blowfly, who Blowfly, is Blowfly is. is um. Uh, the moniker of a, of a singer named Clarence Reed from the 70s uh -huh. who puts on the, this persona uh, called Blowfly and it's basically he gets up in like a Mexican wrestling mask and a cape he's got someone in his band dressed up like Uncle Tom or, or he calls himself Uncle Tom it's Uncle Sam but his name is Tom and uh, they basically play um, all their songs are just basically about fucking and pussy basically what the fuck but they're is this? they're classy funky rap songs oh, classy, yeah. that are yeah no absolutely you listen to them and like the instrumentation is tight and it's blowflymusic.com if you haven't mm. checked them out blowflymusic.com the place is going to burn down probably probably yeah but anyway the music is insane but the lyrics are just incredibly raunchy and fantastic anyway it's going to be start at midnight blowfly is going on at midnight movie will probably go on around one and, and again i saw it last night and it's i mean it's the trailer uh is a, is a good indication of, of what the movie's about but it just goes beyond that dude it's it's it, you know, and, it's, and what I liked about it was it's it's smart and it's funny. I thought it was going to be honestly to say, okay, this is the one joke. It's 90 minutes of a puppet, you know, nudity and sex and, and you know, a rampant use of the N-word. And, and it was actually a, a blast to watch. It had it heart. heart. It did have heart. Cool. It didn't have any heart. It had no heart whatsoever, but it was a blast to watch. Uh -huh. And the audience was going nuts and laughing. And it was actually a really, really fun, well-put-together movie. So... Uh, I think it'll have cult legs for sure. I'm interested yeah. to see that movie. So, guys. But it's adults only, 17 and up. I, I had a. You had to cut it off. So yeah, I, yeah, it's it's an X rated film. So. After those Geekscape kids saw that first trailer, you definitely have Yeah, to well, in the New it. Beverly last night, same deal. They, they were checking IDs. You can't. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's porno. porno. Yeah, so. It's porno. But it's porno with a puppet. And it's a, a little bit. <laughs> That's not a catch A little bit child's play, a little bit shocker. Um, and and you know certainly a little team, team America and a then porno with you know, a, puppet. a porno with a puppet. That's basically it. Um, and so, a plot. So if they, they want to go and check this stuff out, they go to mondosolo.com. Mondosolo.com is uh, has a list of all the movies. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, the arts website is actually where you can buy tickets now. We were with Ticket Leap before. And now we're we're selling directly through the art, and that's arttheaterlongbeach.com, and they spell it. The French way, so it's Art Theater R E Long Beach dot com. If you go to Coming Soon, it's got all the Mondo Midnight events as well as the concerts, everything we've got going on. That sounds cool. And you can buy tickets through well, the website. I mean, I'm going Friday. Awesome. I'm going. I'm going to see this this Toxic Avenger. Cool. I've got to see that movie on the big screen. I mean, I've never seen it on the big screen. I'm excited. Those, yeah. those trauma movies were so influential to me growing right up. I mean, that was the stuff that you watched. That and, and Joe Bob Briggs Monster Vision. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. loved watching that stuff. In, in that, I liked, those were uh, my first did you watch USA up all night too uh, oh yeah oh, that was good stuff those were those were my first inclinations that you were like okay you could probably make a movie mm -hmm. uh, you will never make a good film Jonathan but you can make this you can you can <laughs> I just remember what a baby the main character in Newcomb High was when the girl is like dead and he's crying uh, in the chemistry and it's like scream crying yeah. and it's cutting between this loser crying and a dude running up and down the hallway on a motorcycle killing people I was having I, that like, conversation this, this with, with some dudes Cinema last night I these, fell in love with movies that day these dudes last night that were at the Blowfly show were it's going on about the new trauma and, and I, I do want to catch up I mean I haven't seen uh, was it the Poultry, Poultry Geist, Geist yeah. yeah I want to catch up but like for me it's like they're like have you seen Poultry Geist yet yeah, we're talking about that a little bit and and I'm thinking, like, I'm still 
I mean, there's such a huge Surf volume of old stuff. Yeah, Surf, uh, Surf Nazis Must Surf Die. Surf Nazis Must Die, that's it. Beware Children at Play. I mean, there was just such a huge, like, Big volume of old stuff that it's still you're catching up on. Killer Condom, which was actually really sharp. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that was a good film. Uh, just tons of stuff. Everything from really ridiculous shit. So I will be there on, on Friday. Which is good. I can't wait to it's see good that. good deal will be there. Um, so guys, if you're in the LA area, that's definitely something to check out. I've been playing with this all day. Um, this is a flash ring that uh, our own Big Yank sent me. Um, he's, he's trapped in the Speed Force. So good luck, Yanks. We uh, look forward to seeing you again. But yeah, he sent me a flash ring and said, help me. So I guess I got to put it on, run super fast, and save him from the speed force. But I got to get this out of my hand because I've been playing with it too much. Thanks, VJ. <laughs> the audience sends me stuff. <laughs> like, like uh, the audience, um, the audience, you know, they know my address. If you order a t shirt, you got my address. And then they just like mail me stuff. What's or, cool? you know, and sometimes my phone number gets out there. And Nar Williams and I were watching Caprica. We got together to watch this new Battlestar right. Galactica mini. Uh, Mini movie Caprica And we uh, And he came over And I was on the phone With a Geekscapist And he's like You are the You are like Their, their counselor Their geek counselor And I was like All they need to do Was see my life yeah, And realize They're getting Horrible advice They're, they're yeah. I'm running them Into brick walls You got upside down Crosses on your walls I do well, Those are technically Lasers from Space Invaders But yeah I've got all these You know Blix stickers That are You know What is Blix if you've been to that website, they've got all those stickers you can put on your wall. I've got like Space Invaders over there in the Geekscape studio, which is all my also my office and my bedroom when I make Laura mad. <laughs> um, so nice. guys, uh, we'll get to Caprica in a minute, but I went and saw a Balls to the Walls movie. I saw a Crank uh, High Voltage, which cool. is the second Crank movie. It starts right where the first one left off with the main character played by J Jason Statham falling out of a helicopter, bouncing off the hood of a car, and landing in the street. You watch Crank 1 You're like Okay that guy's Definitely dead But he blinks At the end of the movie And you're like Okay what was that The beginning of the movie Starts with that blink He gets shoveled Off the sidewalk Thrown into a van By a bunch of Japanese dudes hmm. Who then operate on him Remove his heart And replace it with An electronic heart uh, He's in a coma For three For about three months You find out When he wakes up They're gonna get The rest of his organs Starting with his Boop Got it He can't have that so of course they, uh, he gets up and um, breaks his way out of there and wants to find his heart so he can put it back in and uh, that's it, off to the races. If you guys saw Crank 1 you understand what a breakneck speed <laughs> that story is told in. This movie is definitely thrown uh, to an 11 if Crank 1 was 10. This movie uh, is at such a breakneck speed that watching it, it actually wore me out. <laughs> like mm. if that makes sense that an hour and a half movie at times felt long but just because I was exhausted I mean right. I was I felt like I was sitting through a 3 hour movie I felt felt like I was I was sitting through like Gwyneth Paltrow and Emma <laughs> like <laughs> right, I was right. like Jesus this movie is so long and I But it's not, not boring it just feels it long It can't be boring it right. is, it's a fucking yeah. video game this this movie is insanity it will either be the worst movie you have ever seen right or the craziest movie you've ever seen Or one of the, your favorite movies Most fun movies you've ever sure. seen It could be all of them I don't know yet <laughs> The, the right. movie is I, like, I dug the first one nuts I was excited when I saw the trailer For the second one And some of my friends were like Why? And I'm Why? Like, right Did you think the first one was good? I'm like I don't think the first one was good But I had such a blast watching it You know and what I mean? It's hard Mike, not Mark to have Brian. a blast watching it I don't know what, what yeah. I mean We know Mark and Brian They're friends of the show 
what the fuck did you guys make? This movie is crazy. Um, I, I, I'm still trying to process what I saw. Okay. It definitely has a story, but it doesn't let up long enough for you to catch up. Got so it. it can definitely be a movie that you're like fucking. And there's I, a reason he wants his heart back. There's a reason they want his heart. Well, yeah, well, that, with that is that a spoiler um, thing. Or? You'll find out in the movie. Cool. What I what I really liked about the movie quite a bit is the way that, that um, the movie just starts off and running, and you get your information filtered through the action. Um, you know, he's chasing these guys. Right. The heart goes to these guys Or he's pointed in this direction The whole time he's running into crazier and crazier characters And like the first movie He's always playing catch up Not okay. just physically but he's playing catch up uh, With right. information And he's trying to find out like where everything Who's behind all this right. What's going on And as he's doing this he's finding more and more individuals And getting a bigger picture as to Why they took his heart Why they wanted to take the rest of, their organ, uh, of his organs hmm. And you start to see a lot of information That came from the first movie Shout it out to You know what I mean Interesting You, you, you find Amy Smart You find the Ephraim Ramirez's character's yeah. twin brother Okay I was, I was going to ask you like, yeah, How they, is he not dead No they They, okay. they, they, right. they, they, they pulled right. a They pulled a uh, Better Tomorrow 2 It's okay. the twin brother Nice All right. And, um, you, and those, those aren't the only two Kind of characters That are throwbacks To the first film All right. And uh, and I don't want to Spoil them for you But even the small extras Almost <laughs> come back In this movie People who had like one or two lines in the first movie, or maybe he pointed a gun to the oh, guy's see, now, head. In the now first I really got to see this. They come back in the second movie, and it's just hilarious. And just Bailing, just basically do the Bailing thing. She walks Bailing around. Bailing is batshit crazy in yeah, this movie. She's, yeah, she is out of control in this movie. Dresses up and um, shouts and threatens. What I mean, this is a fun film, and if you don't like it, it's over pretty quickly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I mean. It was exhausting for me to yep. watch, but it was. Do I want to see it again? Yes, I want to see it with Laura and my brother, and I want to see like what I went and saw it with my buddy Mitch, who's an actor, and I was like, dude. He, I mean, I, he came out of there and was like, what the fuck did I just watch? And I gotta say, you know what? I like that they're able to make that movie, right? Because it is nonstop cutthroat cinema. It doesn't do the three act structure thing. Sure. If it does, it's loose as hell, right? And it, and it pretty much just runs for the video game culture. There's so many shoutouts to video games. There's so many shoutouts to video games cause you know violence and insubordination hmm. of society that uh, it really is fun to see two guys who are totally influenced by that kind of culture go and make a movie that is so unapologetic. And I totally like that about the first one. I always like the opening, the title. You know, it's like that cloud from the mm -hmm. end of, uh, of uh, what was it called? What was that? Video game with the scroller ball and the little lines coming down with the X's. And oh, missile Command. Be, missile Command. Okay. Missile yeah, command. they gave like that Missile Command cloud with the word cranking it. And I always thought, like, the first time I saw it, I'm like, okay, you know where this is going. Yeah. You I know mean, where their influence is. I want to tell you yeah. guys more about the movie, but there's there so many really funny beats because uh, it's just set piece to set piece to right, set piece right. to set piece. But I'm telling you guys, it would definitely ruin it. Um. Yeah, there's two really funny parts that I, that I want to tell you guys about But all I gotta say is If you like the first crank Definitely go see the movie If you didn't like the first crank You have to stay away from this film Because you will hate it <laughs> And right. you know what? I don't have much to say to you but um, This is a tradition Yeah, that is Mike, yeah it is. But, but on there's the forums the I, can, I, let, let I got me it, that's no, good okay. How does he sound? You might have to turn up yeah. his, uh, his audio um, But on the forums I'm already seeing reviews for it And the Geekscape audience loves it So if you guys are Geekscapists you guys know what I like Go on the forums at least See what other Geekscape is like They're liking this movie Because it is definitely a celebration of craziness of the, dog, the dogs loved it yes. Snuck them into the theater 
Um, that's crank high voltage. Um, I'm going to see it again. Uh, I got in the mail a screener for Caprica, okay. which is coming up on DVD and on demand. Uh, I, I don't know when it actually goes on TV, but this is like Eric Stoltz, uh, the dude from Jericho. Skeet Ulrich? No, oh, no, no, that was another uh, Do Morales. What's his name? Asai Morales? Yeah, Morales. And this takes place like 48, 43 years before the Battlestar Galactica that we know from, you know, the, the, that just ended. And it takes place on Caprica. And basically, you've got Eric Stoltz is like a... Um, he's, an, he's a wealthy inventor who's created... Uh, you know, kind of reminded me of, um, of uh, the Spider-Man idea that... Um, you know, you've got um, what's his name, the Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, okay. and and uh, and he's he's Harry Osborn, or um, you, you've got Osborn, right? Right. Not Harry Osborn, but uh, but the dad, Norman Osborn, right. and, and he's building weapons for the uh, for the military. Okay. And basically, what he's building is he wants to build artificial intelligence. You know, robotic soldiers. You see where this is going. This right. Is going to become the Cylons. Cylons, right? Okay. And he's not totally able to turn that curve because he can't create. The, uh, the the brain, right? Okay. Or maybe the soul. So you've got his daughter, who's a really smart girl, and she's hanging out on, in like an online club. You know what I mean? Like you put on these little glasses, and it transports you into this virtual reality where you and your friends can hang out and go to like sex clubs or hmm. raves and you know do all the stuff that you could do in a video game completely uninhibited. You can shoot people. You can have sex. You can do crazy stuff. The, the this little like uh, strange days ish. Like yeah, this, plug this, into this. Sort you just of plug into this thing. The subplot is cool. that there is a like a religious one god movement. Remember during BSG that there was like a there was like a polytheism. Right now in like monotheism, it kind of get started giving way to like monotheism. This is like there's like a cult built around monotheism. There's one true god, and that cult is using the game to kind of like take in members. Get their thing across And what you learn early Is that the girl Is run afoul of this stuff And may actually agree with it Right Okay It isn't long before She decides to run away from home She's got problems With the with the, with the mom And on the way to This happens so early On the way to running off To a different planet to Run away from home Where she can uh, Where she can Further her pursuit You realize that she has Copied herself And put herself In this virtual reality As herself she ha- she's cloned herself okay. and put her in like uploaded herself like like you know what VJ does. There's like 90 Around million the VJs right. on the internet, right? Right. Um, she's basically done what VJ does. She's put herself online, it caught replicate herself, and on her trip, her boyfriend reveals that he's one of these pro god, you know, single god terrorists. Blows up a train, kills her, oh. and Eric Stoltz in mourning starts finding out the clues with her surviving friend. That in, in Eli Morales's family was also on the train, okay. so the two of them uh-huh. start start kind of uncovering the clues that there is an artificial that his daughter quote unquote survived as an artificial intelligence in this world that he, that he ended up creating. He created this system, right? This virtual reality thing. Um, he gets the idea to download his daughter into the body of one of these machines that he's been working on. Ah, okay. He needs the technology. This is all on the pilot. It's all on the like an hour and a half. That's pilot. awesome. Okay. He, uh, in order to download his daughter from the game, he's got a tricker. He's got a trapper because she's not into it. She's kind of weirded right. out, and he needs a piece of technology that Eli Morales has 
he has to steal for him. Okay. And and he play, and Elon Morales plays like an Adama. He plays like one of the he plays one of the Adamas. Um, it sounds like a lot happens, but over an hour and a half, there is so much bogged down from like just talking morality. Weighing character It's just a lot of It's a lot of character So if you guys are into BSG Especially those last two seasons That I thought was a lot more character work Than actual story work And Sometimes The story And the action got bogged down By the character By so much character work Um That a lot of times Doesn't go anywhere Right In my opinion Um you guys will enjoy it If you're somebody who really loves The first two seasons Of Battlestar Galactica There's just not enough Moving at a clip to keep you interested um, Yeah I never watched it uh, My sister and then you know, Hong and Eric were, were crazy about it And they would talk about it all the time And I'd see an episode here or there And it did look very sort of um, Mythical and uh, more character driven Than most mm-hmm. sci-fi shows I thought that was pretty cool But if I had started late I felt like there would be too much to catch up on But it seemed like And they were telling me about the last episode right. Just how Controversial in terms of Some people love it Some people weren't too happy with it Yeah and They kind of summarized it for me And I'm like Well I, I could see Whether it'd be a couple of loose ends You'd want to tie it up A little bit more specifically Specifically with yeah, What happened did. to Starbuck What the hell was she That sort of thing But uh, but uh, I kind of feel like I missed out So I may want to have to Go back and revisit it Well Caprica looks like It's going to explore A lot of the same themes right. You know uh, Especially since you now have this artificial intelligence that used to be a person, and did it download their thoughts? Did it download their mind, mm-hmm. or did it download their soul? Uh, you know what is actually trapped in this machine, right? You know, and uh, and you know the last scene in, in Caprica is pretty haunting in that way. The, the fact that he actually, you know, tried to bring his daughter into the physical world again. Um, it's got this Frankenstein, it's a monster feel mm-hmm. to it, and I think that's pretty interesting. Um, it took a lot to get there for me. So um, she's like the first Cylon, basically. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch it. Yeah. But um, but you know what? Like, as much as watching the movie, watching it, I thought it was a little plotting, and wasn't enough to keep me interested. Uh, if you're a BSG fan, there's no way you're gonna miss this. The work in it is fine. Um, it's a shame that, to me. The world in BSG is never convincing Like when they were on spaceships They had to build sets for the spaceships They're out in space It was always so co- convincing the, the the flashbacks to Caprica Were always the ones that disappointed me the most Because mm. they have parking meters Like they're shooting okay. in that right, 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 right. And, Got it. Yeah. And, and it always really felt like The Like You know the, the uh, Like I was seeing behind the curtain You know and I was like this isn't mm. I'm not sold anymore when, you know, they're eating sushi and doing things that are so human, earth human. Right, right, right. right. You know that that always that always took me out of it. And Which supposedly see, wasn't the you wasn't do see that a lot here, like that, right? Yeah, it was a different earth altogether. And I mean, you definitely see parking meters right. in this in this uh, show. You know, mm. the, the, she plays a cello, and I'm like, who who created that? VJ is going to download himself into that artificial intelligence later and start marching around. Oh. Um, <laughs> That, that, as far as sci-fi goes, is always troubling to me. Um, oh. It always lets me down. When so, you know what I mean? Say what you will about Luke Skywalker. When Luke Skywalker went to eat breakfast with Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, remember she was the like doing... shake, yeah, or yeah, some she, crap, and yeah. she was doing something with like a, a, a vegetable mm-hmm. and, and like, right. we were like, what the hell is that machine? It was a pretty complete universe. Right. You know? Star Trek, they go in advance. Like, it, even though it's an extension of us in the future... So in the new Star Trek trailer You can actually see Like a sports car Right 
um, which is, I guess is a relic. Because Caprica there. is not, it's not, I mean, that world is not tied to Earth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So that's always been a disappointment. There's a lot of that in this. What's the problem with Star Wars? Everyone talked English. Why does everyone <laughs> speak English? I mean, they're from different planets. It could be translated. I always, th- I always thought, found myself thinking, what if, what if they're just aliens? I mean, Lando's one of the only black dudes you see. Yeah, well, they are aliens. Why would I mean, like, like you got this? You know, they go to the to the cantina, right? And you, you got some people bum, speaking bum, a different bum, right. Bum, bum, right. You, you got Mollusk yeah, Man, and, and you know, he doesn't like. I mean, he doesn't like he speaks English, but the other guy doesn't. Right. Greedo doesn't speak English, but Yoda does. Right. I don't know. I just always found it really fascinating that some people spoke English, some people didn't. But there's like different races, and I guess it's true of Earth, Earth as well. Yeah. yeah. Frankly, yeah. So I take it all back. I, there you go. You, it's there. It is. Seriously though, I want to know where Yoda's from. Um, they never did say. Did they say that where Yoda's from? Supposedly his race is like this big secret. We're not supposed to know. Really? Or some crap or Lucas. Would you hear that? Hong. Oh, Hong right. says that it's a big secret. We gotta have Hong and Eric back on the show. Those guys are fun foils. They seem to know their shit. Yeah. What? What's that? They seem to know their shit. They know. Yeah. I mean, they'll answer questions. If I have a question about something that's like beyond the realm of what's actually found in the film. Mm-hmm. I'll get that from them. Like, I whatever, used to read you know, like, whatever, whatever stuff. happened to Chewbacca. Well, they'll tell me that Chewbacca at some point they exploded. Yeah, yeah, trying to rescue Han's kid. Right. See, I know some of the extended universe stuff in Star Wars. I mean, I the Star Wars was really my friend growing up. Right. Didn't have too many physical friends, real friends. Uh, but starting with like, again with like just loving Star Wars and getting it and reading Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and then that leading me into. Uh, the Timothy Zahn books, the Kevin Anderson books, and get it, and just continue to read those until Dark Horse started getting me, com- you know, comic books. Right. Like Dark Empire was a phenomenal comic book series, but it started really being undisciplined. Hmm. You know what I mean? It just they just started making books for everything, and I'm like, dude, these these people's lives are extremely eventful. Okay, uh, let me ask you this because I never read any of those, and as someone who I grew read up, so many of them, as someone who grew up, and then like, I just had to stop. I just had to put it down. Having like, watched the films and, and being a huge fan of the films and invested, right. would you, when First you would read films. those books, well, yeah, yeah, when you would read those books, did you equate them, were they like 100% part of the same universe or was there yes. a part of you that's like, this is a different interpretation now? It's, t- no. it's a tie-in, but these aren't the same characters as the ones no. in the film. Splinter of the Mind's Eye takes place after the Battle of Yavin. I still believe right, but I'm saying because they're different in, writers in, in the original comic books that Marvel uh, that uh, that they did yeah. uh, the comic strips. Dark Horse did a fucking awesome job of collecting the old comic strips, okay, and releasing them. And those felt like a really great segue between the A New Hope and Empire. Hmm. And reading that, you're like, oh man, this is great. Now you can see Jabba going, coming after Han and all this, and putting pressure on him that you feed that that. In the beginning of Empire, such a big plot point. Right. You know, he's got to get off the, off of Hoth, and I was so into that extended stuff. But after a while, you do hit that problem where when do these people have nor- like sleep? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like well, and you know, they're could, on just, constant. And they could adventures. keep going on forever. I mean, that's the thing. You, know? you start to realize like they they could keep writing these for twenty years, and am I am I going to invest myself into and, that? Yeah. And, it, and at that point, it starts to have that comic book problem of always being in a second act. Right. And, or the stories start to fold in on each other. Right, you know right, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, when yeah, you start yeah. filling in those gaps, like Dark Empire took place after Jedi at the fall of, during the fall of the Empire, and okay, and then the Timothy Zahn books. Like when you only have a couple extended universe things out there, you can do a pretty good job of keeping a timeline. 
But after a while, you start filling in the cracks, things just get nutty. Right. And uh, and, it, and it just breaks under its own weight. It feels just, forced a little bit. You just bit have or... to stop reading, you know. <laughs> um, but man, some of that stuff was great. Some of that stuff was good. And, and we'll see what they do with this Caprica, because again, it takes place, you know, 48 years before. I guess the mm -hmm. Cylon War is 40 years before. But who knows, Did man. Did you ever watch um, Wild Palms? The, what is that? It was this mini series that that uh, came out in the '90s, uh, right after sort of like the Twin Peaks buzz happened. It's called Wild Palms. Wild Palms, and it was Oliver Stone produced it. And it was a mini series, and it was two nights, and it was like uh, Dana Delaney, Angela Lansbury, uh, I forget who the male lead, Robert Loggia, and it was this weird, really, really uber dark sci-fi. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was sort of a um, like a noir. It was noir, and it was very, um, it was a satire sort of on the church and new technology. And when you were you talking about, when you were, when you were talking about uh, Caprica, it reminded me mm. of that. It was basically the, the whole thing. It's really something worth watching. And I think they made a comic book off it, or it was a comic book first. I don't remember. But it, basically the idea is that there's a new technology that creates a new television that projects a hologram into your room. And projects like it reads your room, and then like it, you know, so it would read so your you're room. Living in the you're living, yeah. You got, you know, if you're watching, like uh, right? If you're watching uh, Twin Peaks, you, got, you know, comic clock will be sitting right here and interacting okay. and stuff like that. But there's all, but the people behind it are of a cult and a church that are trying to use uh. it to start to indoctrinate. So it reminded me of that when you're talking about that, and definitely, I don't know if it's available on DVD or what, but it's it something was worth good. watching. It was really good. It was a little. It was really dark. It's a hard. I mean, it's really really twisted. Um, uh, and it ends, I remember it ending a little funky, but it's a really, really intriguing story. It was pretty cool. It was a really cool thing. I'm sure I remember really enjoying it, yeah. It only aired two nights, and that was it. It only, it was, I think, a two-night or a three-night at the most. It was like four hours long. And you're in all that Twin Peaks stuff? You loved David Loved Twin Peaks, yeah, absolutely. That stuff is always like a little too weird for me. You know, It's always so existential to me that it kind of loses me. I wasn't a huge fan of Inland Empire, but I pretty much loved everything else he's done. Lost Highway has grown on me. I was not a huge fan of Lost Highway when it first came out. I liked the music, I liked some of the ideas, but I always felt it was a little junky, um, clunky, and it's actually really, really grown on me. So, and I actually kind of dig Dune too. So I don't think he's had a misstep. There, there, there are movies in in your life uh, that work as benchmarks for the wrong reasons. To me, those are movies like Lost Highway, mm -hmm. Casino. These are movies I've only seen once. But I was in the process of trying to hook up with someone, so I never gave those movies a, f a fair shake. Okay. I never definitely gave them my full attention. Right. Right. I, it's always fascinating to me to, to think about those movies and be like, oh yeah, I've seen it, but I haven't. Right. You know, and I'm sure you guys. I feel like about Casino movies. too. Absolutely. I remember. I remember sitting through Casino yeah. being like, this is. I'm gonna, you know, I always I felt when I watched it, I felt this voice kind of like. Wow, Goodfellas really worked out for me. I'm going to do some of that stuff again. So I didn't feel the investment of a filmmaker in Casino like I did with Goodfellas. I didn't feel he was in in it. I just felt that it was like a sort of play by violent sort of mobster tale that didn't have a soul. Casino so, yeah. for me, I remember coming home from the hospital. I had just torn my knee and yeah. gotten it fixed, my ACL. And mm. I remember I had started dating this girl. Uh, it was my summer. I mm. was working as a towel boy at the YMCA. And she worked at a snow cone stand with a friend of mine. Oh, okay. I was 18 years old. <laughs> so uh, it was summer after freshman year in college. And, and uh, 
And I remember the, that, the girl being like, okay, I just got home from the hospital. And she's like, I'll come over and we'll, I'll bring a movie. We can just hang out at your place. Parents' place. Uh, and she comes over with Casino. <laughs> right. and, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, I mean, but I'm still like on, uh, you know, painkillers and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm hanging out and she's hanging out. And out of nowhere, she starts trying to give me a handsy. And I'm like... As if I'm not already paying attention to the movie because I'm like, hey. right? She starts going, what? and I'm like, this is hat. What the hell? And so I—that's the only thing I remember <laughs> about Martin Scorsese's epic Casino is this girl who sometimes I don't even remember what she looks like anymore. <laughs> you can remember that. the actual scene? That'd be hilarious. I think Sharon Stone was throwing stuff in a closet. And that's inspired. And I'm just sitting there like, going, you know? and not only that. I had this machine <laughs> that was work that was working my knee, like trying to work what, the flexion in my knee. So you have this. I had like this robot leg. I'm in a pull-out <laughs> couch, and I'm laying there with this machine that goes. And every day you add another couple degrees right. to it, and so the swelling goes down, and it slowly gets your your range of motion back in your knee. It was enormous. This thing was. I mean, this is a huge machine. Right. And she's like reaching around. <laughs> I, I, I was worried she was going to lose her arm in this thing. Like, she's working. I mean, that had to be talent. She was inspired, man. She was that like, had to be talent. She was taken by she's the like, moment. She was like the machinist. Remember the scene of the machinist oh, where the shit. dude yeah, loses yeah, yeah. his hand? <laughs> she's like reaching through this industrial machinery. <sighs> the sacrifice. Yeah. That's what I remember. The sacrifice. What would happen to that girl? She threw me out of her car. I do. Remember oh, is that, that right? <laughs> she, she did throw me out of her car. Well, gotta admire her moxie. What are your movies that you have to go back and rewatch? Because when you first watched them, it was during a night when you wanted nothing else to do but hook up. Yeah, uh, crimes and misdemeanors. That? that was one. Yeah, while, while you were talking, while you were talking, I was trying to remember uh, crimes and misdemeanors of Woody Allen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awkward sort of like let's watch this type of thing. Um, I remember, girl, spent the night on the Lost Highway, and during it, I was so tired. We were kissing and stuff, and I was so tired. I remember waking up a little later, and the movie's still on, and she and me going, "What happened?" She's like, "I don't know. <laughs> I don't know." I, I always, I always harken back to a couple of friends of mine, my friends Andy, my friend Andy and his ex-girlfriend Britt. Uh, the you know they were like in the heyday of their dating. You know, where you're just fucking all the time and. And uh, oh, they watched good. Pink Flamingos together. What? And, yes. And then what? she tried to come on to him, and, and he was just so repelled, repelled <laughs> by, the, by the very idea of being physical with another human being. It's the worst movie yeah. ever. <laughs> he still tells the story. He was like, <laughs> get off me. And she's like, come hey, on. Baby. He's like, get off me. Want to bang to Faces of Death? And this is <laughs> after. I think they'd, they'd like driven home. It'd been some time. And, They're and always the, the weirdest yeah. movies. Yeah. Because the good movies you pay attention to. VJ, do you have any of these kinds of experiences? There are ones that I've already seen. Okay, okay, that's smart. Like, they're movies he's already seen, and um, I, I remember being out with my buddy Nick Scown, who's been on the show, and he was dating this girl, and he brought along this other girl who was just texting the entire time. Mm. And I, I wasn't, I'm not available. I wasn't available at the time. But she was texting this guy the whole time, and nobody at the table could have a conversation because there's somebody right. just sitting there freaking texting. And I remember saying, Who the hell are you talking to? Just finally, like, right. okay, elephant in the room, who are you talking to? And her being like, Guy I'm gonna go out on a date with Second date And I go How'd you meet him He's an actor um, You know I do makeup So we met on set And I'm like well, Is he more important 
than the people, right. the physical people you're at a table with. Because and she's like, oh, sorry, we're just gonna go out on a date later. So I gotta figure it out. I was like, well, what are you guys gonna do? She said, we're gonna watch Pan's Labyrinth. And wow. I was like, so he's not that into you. That was my response to her. So he's not that into you. And she finally just put it down and goes, what are you talking about? And I said, Pan's Labyrinth is a quality film. Yeah, she probably hated it. She's what you've you just know? described is is a kind of girl that probably was like. But you do yeah, what BJ did. Yeah. If you already like, it was their first time seeing Pan's Labyrinth. Like. You get a good movie if you think yeah. she's going to be lame. Uh, if you don't think clever. she's going to be lame, you get a fucking weird movie <laughs> like Lost Highway or you get Casino, a movie that like it doesn't really matter if you pay attention to or not. You don't get Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's no. Labyrinth is four-star quality. You do not Pan's hook Labyrinth's up during, fucking during great. it. Did you see Let the Right One In? Sorry. I'm yeah, kidding. I liked it a lot. So good. The vampire movie. From, yeah. I, I can't wait for the Hollywood remake of that. <laughs> It always gets filmed and it's really mad when you say you can't wait for the Hollywood remake of that film. Um, I thought it was good. Yeah, they're already it, working it, on it, too. It played long um, for me. But, yeah, but, it's a little long. But you know that the, the, the atmosphere is the char- is such a great character in that movie. And it, it, I mean, just shooting anything in freezing balls, cold weather is an accomplishment yeah. as far as I'm concerned. That movie looked cold. Like the last year, when you were talking about Pan's Labyrinth, I was thinking about horror. Oh, that's probably more of a fantasy, technically, mm-hmm. but whatever. The last Famous few... Horror films I've seen that are like really, really good, just seem to not be from the states. I mean, I think of the, the orphanage. orphanage. Yeah. yeah, I think of Pan's Labyrinth and and Let the Right One In, which mm-hmm. was just incredible. And I think part of what's amazing about really and all three of Japanese, them is that they anything Japanese is scary to me. I just, did you seen friggin' No, I won't. Uh, oh my God, You're no. Me? Yeah, I'm just guessing. Oh, um, Visitor Q. No, but Takashi Miike. I'm not a what big. The I'm not a big fuck? fan. Of I just. His. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of his. I think uh, it's a lot of. I think it's like. What I think it's a, a pretty random filmmaking. Takashi, he, he's inconsistent. I am a fan of his, but I but I wouldn't go so far as to say that every that everything he does is gold. It's not. I think the, the guy makes about six films a year. I mean, mm. You go on IMDb and it's like six yeah, or seven films a year, and you know of course they're not all going to work, but when they do, I think they're amazing. You know, and and Visitor Q is. VJ, what the fuck? I mean, there's a woman squirting breast milk halfway. Yeah. Woman yeah, squirting it, breast milk? I will, I'll see it now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a really, Put really... Put it on the queue. What is it, Passenger Q? Visitor Q. Visitor Q? Put it on the Netflix queue. You know, but again, I mean, it gets... Re- see what you know, did? Like, they'll ask, someone will ask, well, what'd you think of Visitor Q, for example, or what'd you think? And, and, and I'll be like, you know, I'm not sure I liked it or not, but it got a reaction out of me. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about a lot of films I've seen lately. I can't say that about the Uninvited, or frigate, the one with the kid that wants to be born. He wants to be born. Oh, David Goyer. You know Goyer, what I mean? I can't David say Goyer's that about movie. that yeah, shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I can't. Oh man. You know, so it's that's the thing about like foreign horror is I love what I love, and even a lot of the stuff that I watch that I don't necessarily love, I walk away a little shaken or. or intrigued or like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? And even that much is more than I can say with, for. With, the uninvited with foreign like movies yeah. do you think the fact that they're talking in baby talk makes it scarier sometimes okay some of the Asian ladies long black hair are just scary just do, do you think the fact that they're mumbling and making little British language. children scare me in suits yeah that's a fucking that's a, I think that's, a, that, that's become scary that's gone from scary to a crutch at this it's, point you know it's the Shining Twins I think the Shining Twins right. fucked it up for all of us you know this little British children staring not doing anything once they start doing something they're not as scary when like they're just they're standing there or they're begging, what? or asking for, or asking more, for more soup, for more soup, or that's, cleaning a chimney. That's a little creepy too, but not uh-huh. as not as much. We have once br- they start dancing British, and singing. That's we that's we have cool. British uh, listeners like my good friend hero protagonist over there in England, yeah. and I have to imagine that at one point he was creepy too. Probably, you know, like I, I like 
you know how uh, American kids in middle school go through their awkward stage? I think yeah. British kids go through their creepiest shit stage. They do. It's around the time that they have to get their first suit. Fucking you, man. You know? Like, you're already scared. I mean, think about it. It does. It creeps me out, man. <laughs> so, guys, you know when Logan's on the show, we're going to have a pretty cinema-heavy uh, uh, episode. I did read comics, uh, of course, because they're my lifeblood. Um, you a Stephen King fan? Being a horror aficionado, this is my segue. I need to read more of his stuff. I've always liked what I've read. I don't read much. I watch way too many movies. When I read, I get into it. I have a little ADHD, so sometimes it's hard for me to finish, but... I enjoy reading. I just don't do it much because I'm just either... I'm always watching movies. Right. I love to watch movies. Um, I love his adaptations and I love what I've read, but there's so much I haven't read yet. Well, thank God for comics. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, Marvel is putting out these Stephen King oh, Dark Tower adaptations and The Stand is kick-ass. I love The Stand. This one is written by um, Robin uh, Firth and, and Peter David and... The, the art's by Jay Lee And the ink and, and colors by Richard Eisenhoff uh, This team kicks ass I gotta tell you um, If you find it in trade It's worth reading If you're a Stephen King fan These are adaptations in chronological order Of the Dark Tower series wow. And um, I've never read the Dark Tower books But reading these Makes me want to go back and read them Because I'm sure a lot is condensed Because those some of those books are 700 pages long Right. Um, this stuff Really, really, really feels like a complete novel experience. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, That's cool. It's man. got some amazing prose. The artwork is great, and they just do a really good job of bringing you through a uh, through a story. Almost completely different is the experience that they give you with the stand adaptation that they're doing. Um, that one feels a lot like you're reading. The Stephen King book But it's a, in such a different style hmm. The artwork is fo- uh, photorealistic Not as interpretive as Jay Lee's style um, The writing isn't as lyrical Or as uh, you know otherworldly ling- They've taken English in the Dark Tower And they've turned it in kind of their own English Because it's so far along in the future hmm. um, That they have their own words for things We've got The Stand Which is a lot closer to Earth And real time, current time and uh, in that, that's a fucking crazy comic book. Mm. That comic does such a good job of completely encapsulating the feeling of just chills you get from reading a, a Stephen King book. Just right. the mood, the atmosphere, everything. If you guys are horror fans and not reading the Stephen King adaptations from Marvel, I don't know where else you're going to get horror unless it says Steve Niles on it. <laughs> and I mean, this is the place. Uh, I'm really, I'm really enjoying these books. Um, I want them. To, I want to see them doing some more cool adaptations. Beyond that, comic book wise, um, Rick Remender is on Punisher, and as good as this book is, this dude Apinya, who's doing the artwork. If you guys are, if you guys ever picked up Fear Agent, because I told you to pick up Fear Agent, that's Rick Remender's space laser gun brain aliens book. Um, Fear Agent. That's Fear Agent. Uh, the Punisher is. The Punisher going after supervillains When Garth Ennis did the Punisher He pretty much took the Punisher out of the Marvel superhero universe And kind of had him go after Real crooks and mobsters Rick Remender's Taking the Punisher and having him go after supervillains Like the Hood or Norman Osborn um, <laughs> Or the Grizzly Who you'll see in this new uh, issue uh, As being a dumbass in a bear suit um, Feel free to flip through it I think the artwork that they're doing is great 
Um, I shouldn't have flipped it this way. Oh, yeah, 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 go for it, go for it. It's really, I mean, the Punisher book, if you're reading Marvel stuff in Dark Reign, is a really nice little supplement to it as part of, like, the, um, the, the borders of what's happening in the giant overarching storyline. You've got the Punisher just mixing it up over here in the corner. And, uh, and the storytelling is Rick Remender, so you know the dialogue's good, you know the pace is awesome, and the way he works with his artist really gives you a cool, grizzled, you know, hard-ass Punisher kicking ass and now it's super-powered ass, so... What do you think of the artwork, this Jay Lee? I love artwork. the art. I want to ask a, a segue question, yeah. if I may. What is the, you know, I'm completely unversed in, in the comic book universe. I, yeah. I, what I've read, I've enjoyed. I'm, I'm still getting through Preacher, which I think is just phenomenal. Um, what is the stigma that a lot of people seem to have against the Punisher? <sighs> Kids in Punisher shirts. I mean, they look at them, they want to rag on them. And it's, it's, a, it's a great design. You know what I mean? It's like right. Ghost Rider. It's a great design. Uh, you, you think about the cinematic. You know interpretations of those characters, and you wonder: was there enough character and story there to make a proper cinema experience? You know what I mean? Well, or I mean, even as a comic book character, or is this like, just iconography? Has this right. character simply survived off of iconography? Mm -hmm. With Ghost Rider, I would say almost ninety percent of that character is just iconography. Right. A fucking flaming skull on a motorcycle—that's badass. With the Punisher, as badass as I think that design is, I think there are stories in the Punisher that are really badass. And how do you not? Make a successful revenge movie. I, I, I right. I've said it on the on the show a million times because the Punisher movies stink. Hmm. Why not get a Walter Hill type to do these freaking movies the same way they did the Charles Bronson films? Sure. You know what I mean? Those revenge movies worked. You had Clint Eastwood making revenge movies; those worked. You know, you you can't make a proper revenge movie with a dude with a skull on his stomach. Like, well, I think both. The, I mean, I think the example uses both of those directors, Walter Hill and Clint Eastwood, whereas they're great technical directors for. That sort of a movie right. They're good character directors mm -hmm. And I think the best revenge movies work Because you can identify with the protagonist And you want to see him get his revenge Yeah, you almost become yeah. a You get in the mindset of a vigilante Yeah, and you I think when revenge like, movies Like the Punisher movies are made by people Who are just of a more action vein Who are not character directors or actors You're right. directors You're right. You just don't give a shit You just a lot of bloodlust And you're like, this is lame I don't Get it? I can't connect. You know. I want to see Joe Carnahan do an do a do that'd a be, Punisher movie. That'd be good. You know, I, I like. I think Walter Hill's I, a good call. Good call Walter on that Hill's one, the yeah. man. Um, and then, as far as like I've said it before, great. as far as Ghost Rider goes, if it's a hundred percent imagery and iconography, and it's in that world, give me a Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie doing <laughs> a movie about a dude with a flaming skull riding a motorcycle. Like, come on, he's. I mean. Let's do it. I get into it. I like. I actually, you know, Hollywood ain't hard. It's just come on. Last week I was telling you guys Shadow of Colossus. Why is Neil Gaiman not writing that script? Come on, let's do this. Um, we we're talking about that a little bit. Oh, go ahead. Incognito. Uh, if you enjoy Criminal, if you've enjoyed Sleeper, if you enjoy Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips getting together and telling you amazing hard-boiled stories. Of people making a lot of mistakes And uh, paying for them Incognito, you guys have heard me talk about it on the show before It's about a superhero who goes in uh, A super villain who goes into the witness protection program The big bad guy That he turned state's evidence on Finds out who he is uh -oh. Starts finding out where he's hiding And starts sending super villains after him And the problem is he's now a superhero So um, This is an awesome Awesome book of a guy who Went into the went into the uh, witness protection, and just couldn't shake the kicks he used to get as a supervillain, and started being like, you know what? Mm. 
I discovered that by taking drugs to numb myself from an ordinary life, which I hate, some of my powers are starting to get come back. Oh, okay, so what do I do? Well, I'll try being a superhero for a while because it'll probably, you know, bring less of a, you know what I mean? Like, like robbing a bank brings a lot of attention. Doing something cool. to help people doesn't bring as much attention. So he becomes a superhero and he gets on the radar of the person who he helped put into... Uh-oh. Into jail, so he, they start sending supervillains after him, and this is the third issue. So that's kind of a cool concept. Uh, you guys definitely have time to go and catch up on it. It's amazing storytelling. Um, these guys have uh, Ed Brubaker writes great, great dialogue. Um, this art is incredible. Daily is the man. Gorgeous, He's man. been this drawing like that, and Richard Eisenhoff's uh, inking and, and coloring is great, but it's not cinematic. You see what no, I mean? No, yeah, no, absolutely. This the is, stand yeah. is done in like a like a photorealist, realistic. Cinematic style right. and uh, it's awesome, but it's but it's a, still 100% Stephen King. This girl Robin Firth, who writes these, is like was like Stephen King's assistant. Hmm. Stephen King was like, okay, just write the comics. She she got hired for a short time out of grad school as an English student, uh, I believe, and she got hired just to kind of help him keep notes. And to, to do a Dark Tower compendium Like can you just go through the Dark Tower And make sure that I'm crossing my T's And dotting right. my I's as far as Character goes Like who, who's like, just keep me, keep me organized as, right. a, as a storyteller And at the end of it she was picking up her last check In the office and, it was, and Stephen King was there And it was the first time they actually met And Stephen King's like hey you want to make a little bit of extra money And it turns out a little That's bit awesome. later She's writing the comic book and she's doing an awesome job with it And it's insane uh, I read X-Men Finished the Halo comic After two years Four issues of Brian Michael Bendis And Alex Maleev's Halo comic It's over um, <laughs> I got I kept buying them from Graham And then I got them. Spider-Man Okay everybody Nobody knows Spider-Man Spider-Man Or Peter Parker now hmm. He's mind wiped people But what about all these adventures He used to have with the Fantastic Four He knew his, advent, his identity Do they just forget that he's Peter Parker what happened now? Fill me in. I have no. What, okay. what this happen? You know, like in comic books, you always yeah, have these crossovers, yeah. and after a while, people realize yeah. it. Spider Man made a deal with Mephisto, who's like the devil in mm-hmm. Marvel Comics, to save Aunt May's life. She's still alive? Yeah, right? Uh, he would have everybody forget it. He's Peter Parker. Okay. Right? Save her life. Uh, so nobody, like, everybody wakes up one day, and things are kind of different. He's no longer married to Mary Jane, and nobody knows his identity. Hmm. But then you go back and you see that these They don't want to completely dismiss the fact that he and the Fantastic Four had adventures together And he and Johnny were good friends Johnny Storm How do they go around that? So the writers finally said, you know, we're going to have to address this And they did the storyline where Peter Parker and the Fantastic Four Start having an adventure And Johnny looks up They return to a planet that they help save And... The planet has erected statues of them And we're like wait we've been here before With Peter Parker but Or with Spider-Man but we knew who he was then <laughs> Why do we not know who he is anymore and, and, and Reed is like Oh this is really weird we don't know who he is anymore He's trying to get really uh, You know in- intellectual About it and uh, and There's all these little cop outs like the statue They erected in the honor of these five people Who saved their planet Peter Parker's face Is rubbed out You know mm. and then when he finally takes off his mask as like a cliffhanger and is going to show Johnny, because Johnny's like, "Who the fuck right. are you?" He takes off his mask and and Sue has made his head invisible and is like, 
hey, it's his choice. And it's just like, what a what a can of worms they created. It's like, who's Mysterion? Oh, right. yeah. It's like, who's Mysterion? Yeah. Mysterion, I will tell you right now, is Craig. See, I think it's Kenny. What? I think it's Kenny. You think Mysterion is Kenny? I think it's Kenny. I do. But he sounds Although like, Craig was yawning. Sound, and he sounds Craig like fell Craig. As, it's Craig that fell asleep Craig in is class, asleep right? in class. Yeah, I noticed that. Which, was, whenever yeah. I go and hit the streets at night as, as a Mass Avenger, I'm always yeah. a vigilante. I'm always tired the next day. Right, right. And it sounds like Craig. It does Craig's sound like voice. Craig. I just, I, I don't know. It's Craig or Kenny. I was I was on the Craig thing for a while, and there was something, I forget what it was, and I'm like, maybe it's Kenny. I would love. We I don't think, know what Kenny talks like, I except for Bye Guys or whatever it was. You going to Comic-Con? I am, go for the first time. I'm excited, yeah. We might throw a party at Comic Con. You going to Comic Con too? Okay. okay. We're, we're, we're still we're still putting together details of the Comic Con party, cool. but I kind of want to make a Mysterion like costume for myself. <laughs> little little jingly question mark. What do you think? I think it's a good idea. Yeah. You suggesting I should be the king? Is that what you're saying? You could be. <laughs> you could king. be. The, you could either be the king or you could be uh, <laughs> Doctor Chaos. Doctor Chaos. Chaos. Uh, nice. Butters is the man. What did you say? Professor, Professor Chaos. Chaos. Professor Chaos. Um, so guys, you knew we were going to get a cinema heavy episode here with uh, Logan Crow. Video games. We'll talk about them next week because Nar Williams will be back on the show, and you guys like Nar. VJ, is there anything video game world that you've seen on the internet that we should talk about? Is there anything that you've been playing? Not really. I mean, they've been announcing a lot of PSP games. Uh-huh. And everybody's still dissing on the PSP because there aren't any games. And we're thinking that there's going to be a PSP 4000. Like no, there's going to be yeah. you think there's going to be a new PSP, so why it. invest in the PSP now? I don't know. I mean, supposedly there's a new one coming up by the end of the year mm-hmm. that's going to have no UMD drive. Everything is download. And they don't it's it's a rumor whether it's actually a PSP 2 or a 4000. So suppose and, and supposedly Patapon 2 is download. Yeah, they're testing out the markets with like download only. I do think download is the future. I, do, I also think that putting out several iterations of the same device hurts you because people end up not buying the device in anticipation of just another model coming out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, they're putting out new colors. I think they've kind of hurt themselves. At least when Nintendo gives like a new version of the DS, it does something like, the, like, like a th- very, very thin DS that's like almost a complete remodel. And then with the DSi, it's got a whole lot of new features. PSP yeah. puts out... The new deal, uh, the same PSP with just slight changes like color, like like like, like the screen color and stuff like that. And yeah. It's like everybody's talking about touchscreen now and dual analog. Yeah, but you know what? If the new PSP now, has touchscreen and, du- and dual analog. I think they've got a new system on their hands that people can get behind. But yeah. man, they, I think they're cutting their, themselves off at the feet with just putting shit out. Yeah. Um. And what about yeah? What about games? Games. Um. I don't really know. I mean, I've just been playing. There's a new Killzone mm-hmm. map pack coming out. Excited about that? Weeks. Yeah, de- definitely getting it. Like, it looks really great. Like, there's one level that's like a train level to an actual game, and you never had a map of that. But now they have this. It's like a multi-level train where you can jump across two different trains, and it's like interactive with the environment and stuff. <laughs> so, it looks really good. I think. Okay. I mean, I'm excited for that. Of course, I'm excited for Wii Punch Out. Uh-huh. You gonna get that? Beach? I probably will. Actually, you you know I'll fight online. You know there's an online mode, and we'll fight. Is there? Yeah. yeah and then there's also um, Conduit has uh, an online mode that they've been showing. I don't that know. Like, honestly, it's another Wii first-person shooter. Who knows? But it's like, yeah. I mean, hopefully it'll be good. Like Sega's been coming out. With others. I know Sega didn't develop it, but right. like 
I don't have to say I'm like disappointed with like Mad World and House of the Dead. Have you been playing Mad World? Uh, I've been playing it until it locks up the system. Oh, really? Yeah, on both those games, developed both by Sega, they just lock up, make like a really loud sound. And <laughs> like the sound of your Wii getting raped? Yeah, and like. you have to start over from the beginning. It's like, Oh, man, fuck uh, that. That's so, I mean, I don't um, Conduit sounds good and uh, They also have the Wii Speak You can use the Wii Speak device to, uh-huh. to talk to people In the game in your close area So it's kind of realistic You can't talk to the people across the map But if somebody's standing right next to you You can hear what they're saying So yeah. I think that'll help um, Get people speak? interested in it yeah. That's hopefully insane, that's so rad Yeah. Hopefully it's good um, But that stuff's coming up uh, Guys, next Friday at the Art Theater You guys can check it out by going to the Either mondocelluloid.com or the real frou frou Frenchy spelling <laughs> of Art Theater Long Beach. Uh, Art Theater Long Beach. Long Beach. Theatre.com. Long Beach.com. Yeah. Right? Nice, yes. Um, and that screening so. is with Lloyd Coffin presenting the Toxic Avenger in 35mm yes, print, and then he's going to have a QA afterwards. And if you want to get super offended, <laughs> yes. the 1st of May, that, <laughs> that Friday, holy shit, I may have to brave this. We've got Blue Fly. Right, blowfly. Blowfly. Yeah. Oh, I've put up a fucking photo of this guy. He looks like a lunatic. He's got, <laughs> if he's burning, and then and after that we've got a uh, black devil doll. Yeah. The theater will burn down, and Geekscape will bring the marshmallows. That is yeah. a guarantee. I've seen, and I saw Blowfly at a roller rink at World on Wheels in Venice Beach Jesus like Christ. eight years ago. The guy's insane. That's an insane. He's got girls up on stage. It's it's insane. It's Sounds gonna, like it's a, party. a riot. It's a um, blast. Yeah. So that that is that is coming at you. Yeah. Definitely check it out if you're in the uh, Southern, Cal- lower, Southern California area. Mm-hmm. And Logan Crow, everybody. Logan Crow is back on the show. This Good time you, without sir. the atmosphere of the Mexican <laughs> market <laughs> that we had last time. That was but a blast. That's great. VJ is also back. Why don't you wave, VJ? Good luck on the internet with everyone's woman. I gotta say that. All right. Say goodbye. There you go. Cool. We'll see you guys next week with Nara Williams on the show. Goodbye. Bye-bye. I was going to mention the website. Geekscape.net is our website. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook, MySpace. We're on there if you look for us, but Geekscape.net. We're talking about your website. We're talking about you. I appreciate that. Mondocelluloid.com is what we're talking about.